Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Daniel Rabb from the Daniel W. Rabb PA firm in Miami, Florida. Dan has been serving South Florida in practice for over 20 years. His firm provides a wide range of legal services for commercial enterprises, including, but not limited to, steamship companies, insurance companies, logistics companies, freight forwarders, trucks, truckers, exporters, and retailers. In addition to having a wide range of knowledge in the admiralty and transportation areas, Dan handles business-related issues, and he has also authored the book Transportation Terms and Conditions, published by Clater's Legal and Publishing Division. He also is a contributing editor to Goods in Transit and wrote the chapter on understanding inland marine insurance coverage and the new Appleman Insurance Practice Guide. He also wrote Chapter 5 of the Benedict Desk Reference on Carriage of Goods. And we're very pleased to have you with us today, Dan. Well, I'm pleased to be here. Today's topic centers on a transportation case involving surface transportation broker liability. Uh, the case was TransPro Logistic Incorporated versus Kobe Electrics Corp. And Brendan Noonan will lead off today with our first question. Uh, Dan, can you comment on this case and its significance? Yes. One of the key things and why I thought that this should be noted is, although it started off as a collection case by TransPro Logistic as a uh, freight broker trying to collect against its customer, there was a counterclaim filed seeking liability against TransPro Logistic And what's significant about this case is that it's one dealing with surface transportation broker liability, or in this case, lack of liability. And I thought that this was an important case because a a lot of people in the insurance industry and elsewhere, and even people in the transportation industry, don't know what a surface transportation broker is. Uh, What is a transportation broker and what are its responsibilities? Well, a transportation broker, the best way to try to explain this is as a booking agent, that is a travel agent for cargo. The transportation broker acts to try to place cargo with a particular truck, and it is not a motor carrier, although sometimes when a shipper or a subrogated interest finds that it has a cargo loss, it tries to sue the transportation broker as a motor carrier, as a trucker, but that is not what it is and typically does not take on the liability of a motor carrier. In this particular instance, there was a countersuit filed, and this can happen when someone's trying to seek a large sum of money. There's a countersuit, and essentially in the countersuit, they were claiming that TransPro Logistics, which was only a licensed freighter, service transportation broker was really acting as a motor carrier. In this particular instance, it appeared that the shipper, Kobe Electronics, was well aware that the only license that TransPro had was that as a broker and that they had had a lot of dealings and it was not holding itself out as a motor carrier. In fact, the court had found that it didn't even operate the trucks. So, uh, again, a lot of people in the industry, uh, even in the transportation industry and in the insurance industry, are not really aware what a transportation broker is. And it differs from a motor carrier because a motor carrier 
actually does take responsibility and carries the cargo. There's another entity which I do want to mention, and that's a freight forwarder. And that term has a variety of meanings depending on the mode of transportation. When you're dealing with a truck, it takes on a characteristic of a carrier. That is, it assumes the responsibility of a carrier even though it doesn't operate the truck, and it's typically a consolidator. So a freight forwarder on surface transportation is really very similar to that of a non-vessel operating common carrier in an ocean context. So uh, I thought one of the good things about this case was that it explained the difference among all three and uh, rightfully found that TransPro was a transportation broker and not a motor carrier. Now, Dan, can you review and define uh, the Carmack Amendment? Yes. The Carmack Amendment is a statute that came into being from a Senator Carmack. And what it does is it sets up liability for motor carriers, truckers, and for surface transportation freight forwarders. And it's analogous to the Carriage of Goods by Sea Act for ocean carriers. And under this statute, it governs what the liability is for a motor carrier. And it does impose a strict or a really high form of liability for a motor carrier. Nonetheless, even if you want to sue a motor carrier, you still have to prove a prima facie case. That is, you have to show delivery of the goods to the motor carrier itself in good condition and then outturn at the place of destination in bad condition and damages. In this particular case, the court held that even if TransPro was held to be a motor carrier, which was not the holding of the case, that the plaintiff, the shipper in this case, didn't even prove that there was a loss while it was in the hands of the motor carrier. Uh, How does this ruling impact insurance carriers? What it does is it shows that if you're a insurance carrier and you're the one insuring the surface transportation broker that hopefully you're you're not insuring them as a motor carrier and you want to make sure that they have a license and that they just hold themselves out as a broker an interesting thing with surface transportation brokers they're not required to carry uh, liability or errors and omission policies they are required to post a bond with the Federal Highway Safety Commission, which is merely for the instance when a truck broker fails to remit charges back to a motor carrier. Some surface transportation brokers do have insurance, others don't, but it's not a requirement. The other thing that I I would want to mention, which does come up in the industry and which would be of interest to the insurance carriers is that a surface transportation broker can also carry what's called a contingent liability policy, which can kick in if, in fact, a motor carrier doesn't have insurance, even though it's required to. They may be able to look to the contingent liability insurance. But again, that's another form of insurance that is not required. And then do you see any further appeals or key issues arising from this? It's possible since this only came out in the middle of February of 2012. So I was trying to find something that was 
very current due to the amount of money it's conceivable but as is true with most cases it's difficult to take on an appeal when there's been a sound ruling made at the district court level i don't think that there really is anything that really came up in a factual setting that this could really be taken up on appeal because the court did not find that TransPro was a motor carrier and sort of as a backup as i mentioned earlier they even went so far as to say that even if TransPro had been found to be a motor carrier there was a lack of evidence to even show a prima facie case dan thanks very much for joining us today okay well thank you for having me that was Daniel Rabb from the Daniel W. Rabb PA firm in Miami, Florida. Special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 